1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. A uh, bit of a strange one. I am leading today. Welcome to the World Championship Daily, day four, with myself, Jack garvey uh, alongside me today are the boys Luke Pickering and returning once again is Mr. Absolutely himself Cameron McFarlane. <laughs> gents how are we?
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, There we go we absolutely love yeah. it and what a day of absolute drama we had here at the William Hill World Darts Championship. Um, I think there's there's one place to start I, I think that's safe to say gents and it is on Paul Lind Day, his twenty-fifth world championship appearance at the world championships, and the 66-year-old man comes back from 2-0 down to Luke Humphreys to win
1: 3-2. A career spanning five decades, right? Let's let's not forget that. Five decades. When you actually think about that and compute that, it's unbelievable. It's genuinely unbelievable to come back from 2-0 down against a lad who's played really well on the floor as well as on stage, especially when you look at his players' championship results, the players' championship finals, uh, obviously got two wins, knocked out Vandenberg and knocked out Like uh, Luke Humphrey's has gone from strength to strength, so to go and get knocked out by a 66-year-old Paul Lim, that is it's, it's something special, something you more remember. Yeah,
2: it was. and uh, Luke's a, a back-to-back quarter finalist here at the World Championship, former World Youth Champion
3: he will rue all of those missed chances at double, won't he, Cam? He will. I, I think that one leg in the fifth set, the third leg where he missed 12, I, I think that from there he was never going to recover. Um, I don't know if he if he could have hit a double again, if he'd had a chance. Um, but what, what a result for him. Is it 39 years since his first World Championship appearance? And... His 25th overall appearance, and to pull that result out of the bag from 2-0 down when it looked like it was over. Did anyone see him coming back at that point? I didn't. Definitely not. I did not not.
2: see him coming back. We'd already prepared the graphic for social media saying Luke had won 3-1. I was halfway through the tweet. (laughs) 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 I just did not see it coming at all. Luckily, my brother's like, oh my God, he's forced it to a decider that... He we
3: didn't send we, it.
2: False information. This is how professional <laughs> we <without> are here at online. That's <laughs> just sticking that out there. Um, tough task next up for Paul him against Dimitri Vandenberg. Um, how do you see that one going, boys?
1: I struggle to see him winning that one. I think Vandenberg's definitely picked up his stage game. He's always been better on the stage than he was on the floor, but I think the world match player win sets him apart, you know, He's obviously one of the men to beat at this World Championship. I would definitely have him in the top 10 favourites. So I think Paul Lim's got his work cut out. Let's not forget that that wasn't the best Paul Lim. He did actually average about 96 or 97 in his qualification final. So he's got games, he's got levels. So I still think there's more to go from him. But I think given the scenario and a bit at the World Championships, I think he's going to struggle to raise it too much. So I think Vandenberg has too much scoring power and he wins that one.
3: I've got to agree there on that one. Um, I think Paul Lim definitely does have more to give because he hit, what, 17 140s today. But how many of those 140s did he hit the first two trebles and not find the 180 on the end of it and really? only hit one, 1 180? But realistically, I mean, I've tipped Vandenberg to get beaten in the final by Simon Whitlock when we did our little predictions the other night. So... I've got. I've got to side with Vandenberg <laughs> getting through. Um, I think he will do. Uh, the biggest thing for me tonight is how good would that re- result have been if there was a full crowd in there? Completely good noise when he hit, <laughs> first off when he hit the one two one in the in the fourth set, where he really sort of was probably the turning point. Um, and then when he finished it off, it would have just been. The noise would have been incredible. It's just so sad that we haven't got that crowd this year.
2: Completely agree. Right, all that's left to do for this one then is to catch up with Paul Lim's interview.
4: Uh, Here we go from his press conference. You had to come back from 2-0 down against a man who just makes his quarterfinals here. That's what he does. I mean, that's a heck of a comeback.
5: Yeah, it is. Like I say, uh, I, I always... You know, I, I didn't play bad from the very start. But like I said, again, it was like um, he was always on top of me even though I played well, but I keep telling myself, I said, you know, I mean, things might change, you know, if I, if I keep pressing and pressing, and hopefully that um, uh, by putting a bit more pressure on, on, on him, uh, you, you never know, you know, so I always believe that uh, you, it's never over till the, you hit the finish line, you know, so never gave up anyway, so.
4: Even with all your past experience it seem to get very
5: nervy, the pair of you might deciding in set. Yep, it is. Especially that, uh, that, that that leg of the last set. Yeah, it was tough, actually. In fact, uh, uh, I, I think it was the back of our mind, you know. I, either way, what he's thinking, I really do not know. But in my mind, I was thinking, I, was, I need to win this leg because I'm going first. I'm going first on the next leg. I mean, but if I lose that leg, the most I can do is to fight the next leg and then you go to the last leg, which he is going to go first. So I tell myself, I say, "Come on, dig deep, you know." And the, the digger, it almost like a quicksand. I mean, the more I try, you know, the harder I mean, I'm just keep sinking in, you know. So, but eventually, I got through. I'm glad, you know. You know, I, I wouldn't even look at him. I, I was watching the screen on the double one; it was big, and, it was, and I would look at the, the, the double one up there. I said, "Damn, that's huge!" <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he, he, uh, he missed on the outside and he got it inside. But uh, I'm glad I got through.
4: This. William Hill World Championship is your twenty-fifth World Championship campaign and yet yeah. the preparation for it has been like none of the others. No Asia tour, difficult to, to move around, it missed out on the World Cup, and yet you can still come here and perform.
5: Uh, I, I think that come probably because of experience too. And and furthermore, right, I think this whole one year one year this year period, I think being home more uh, at home most of the time because we don't really go out a lot now because of the, not, not really lockdown, but but uh, we were always advised by the company not to go out as much as we want to, you know. So uh, we stay home more and I think I play a lot. I think I play more darts than ever. So I think that helped a little bit because uh, I think at the end of the day when you practice by yourself, it's a matter of how you practice and how you give confidence to yourself of exactly what you 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 can perform so i always say that if i can bring my performance at at least you know to what i've been practicing down to the practice, to the, the tournament board uh i might have a chance that's what i feel anyway you
4: know uh, probably a new experience for you as well playing with no crowd in this sort of hastily set up
5: i imagine there were crowds <laughs> no no actually no no i i think uh i've always loved the crowd i always do you know i think the crowd always plays a part where it's going to really help you or it's going to destroy you, you know. But I, I think for some people, is it's different. They feed on that, on on that fight vibe, you know. Uh, I do sometimes, but then again, you know, it's uh, I, I miss that. I really do.
4: You're going to take on Dimitri Vandenberg uh, in the next round. He has catapulted himself into the elite this year by winning the World Match Play. You've known him from way back, don't you? Yes.
5: Yes. In fact, I know him very well, actually. In fact, uh, we we, uh, we have good, uh, what should you say, good vibes about each other, friends, you know. Uh, there, I mean, there's some dark players out there, I mean, uh, which I don't really talk much to. I think maybe they don't, don't want to talk to me, I don't know. But, uh, but with Dimitri, has always been very polite, you know. And I like the guy, because I think he's a friendly guy, you know. But, but then again, uh, I, I really, uh, uh, I should say that I think my hat's off to him for... Such a short period of time, he's actually jumped to the top and and did really that well. Uh, so my aim next is to try to put a stop to that. <laughs> hopefully, I could anyway. You know, uh, but but whatever it is, I just want to put on a good show, put on a good game, and hopefully that uh, uh, the victory becomes mine. Anyway, you know. So. You
6: managed that tonight,
5: Thank you very much. Eh?
6: Thank you. Paul, like Dan said, there, 25 years playing at the top. What keeps you going? That burning fire to keep
5: coming back you know something i think it has got to do with uh uh, expectation i think because i've been kind of at the top for a long time right and and wherever i go any tournament i go to uh in the in the dark circle you know uh, people has always look up to me and that is one part of it, but the second, the but I think the most important is that I have always loved this game so much. I I, I love I love the com- competition. I love the way uh, the competition has drive uh, uh, the, the the excitement of, of people, and it has become more and more better. And I mean, it's on. I mean, once upon a time you don't you don't really see that on TV, you know. But now you you really can watch them worldwide. So I think uh, for that instance, I I. I motivate myself and put myself into a, a category where I felt that I still have the fire to fight for it and I'm still capable and good enough. So so that's why I carry on. But if I one day, if I ever feel no excitement about that at all, I think I will re- I retire because I really don't need to go through, you know, I, you know. I mean, many people ask me, why don't I come to do the Q school? I can't really, not because I don't want to. Uh, I, I've got a job, you know, I work with Darts Life, you know, I got my consultant, and that's why I'm in Hong Kong. So for me to just run away somewhere and play Darts full time, I can't do that. But at uh, but my age, you know, next year I'll be 67. So it's gonna be kind of a really hard to say that, hey, let me try and get the cue card now and try and chase the circuit. I mean, it's, you know, I, I love, maybe I could do it for two or three years, but it doesn't make sense for me to keep running around doing that because it's not easy. It's brutal. I mean, the, the the circuit is really, honestly. If you're not young and you not you don't have the drive and you don't have the, the the longevity to do it, for me, it's very difficult to do it. So I got to think about it. Unless Matt make Matt make me a good offer.
6: <laughs> no, no, no. Hey,
5: hey. By chance. I mean, let's say if I have a chance, if I actually do uh, do well in this tournament and maybe get to the final, maybe, all right? If I, if that happens, I probably would think about moving to England.
6: <laughs> With the way you promoted the game and the way the PDC Asia Tour is happening, is still tip darts growing quicker in Asia than what you thought it would, and will it overtake soft tip, do you think?
5: Uh, I really think, you know, kind of a say that to overtake soft tip is kind of a difficult because soft tip is more of an entertainment value to it. Well, steel tip, I think, is more uh, the entertainment part of it is not as as you know because really the PDC, uh, uh, even though the PDC uh, Asia tour, uh, uh, really provides uh, a, a stage and uh, provides the uh, a stepping stone for people that wants to be a better dart player. But then again, uh, the majority of the players in Asia uh, aren't really kind of uh, felt that. You know they are capable enough to actually go in the uh, PDC Asia tour, but again, right? The awareness of that is very important, I think, because the population is there. I mean, look at the population of China is one point five billion people. You know, and and I I know the schools and all that are all involved. The kids now, if they ever actually get involved, I think it will be like Europe, the the the, the, the juniors and all that will be coming in. So I think. Uh, it is a spark anyway it's just matter when the fire burns as all well, you know so there's always a good chance that it's going to grow to the next level i believe that
0: oh, thank you thank you uh, just one from me yes um this world championship is the most asian players we've seen on in the world championship stage two from china yes um of course from the philippines there's plenty of asian players this year how much has the Asian done to progress that over the last couple of years
5: Well, it it has. I mean, like I said, again, the the PDC, uh, uh, when they first got involved with the PDC Asia Tour, I think that was the the biggest thing, uh, the greatest thing for for darts in Asia, anyway, Uh, because there are a lot of prospects. But again, like I say, again, good players is one thing, but uh, if you do not have the chance to actually realize and to be in the same group of people like what... In the is or in the in the, the the players championship, you know the tour and all that. Then you you realize that how difficult it is. But but uh, there are be- the players are capable. I mean, flipping especially. They have been always been a steel tip, you know, for generation. You know, the the I know the 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 the, the guys that have been playing for years, and uh, and all these people all they do is play darts. They play steel darts, you know. Uh, we try to push a soft tip there. it Doesn't work because they they. They are really hardcore, steel tip mindset, and uh, for for that instance, Philippines just one of the country. But I really do believe China, sooner or later, if something do happen and actually goes goes uh, uh, the awareness becomes better, uh, China is gonna gonna have a lot of good players from China. I really believe that. Thank you. Very
0: much for your time. Thank you. Paul, just wondering, how much longer do you plan on
7: playing? Do you have ambitions of becoming the oldest player to play in the World
5: Championship? Wow, you know something that's like I say again. I, 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 the only thing that I would actually stop if my health stops stops me. That's why I'm very careful in my health right now. I think, I think because you know it's very important anyway. I mean, if you're not healthy, you just can't play that. You know, uh, for me, age, yeah, age is it's only a number. Um, I can still kind of play a few rounds of golf and, you know, and still move around. So that's okay. So until the day that I feel that I can't take it anymore, then I'll retire. But I will not retire from darts. I will still be part of darts because uh, even, you know, like I said, I own a dart bar, you know, in Hong Kong, I own a dart bar in Malaysia. But I, I think more importantly is that I like to become maybe some sort of a instructor or something to teach the younger generation you know give them a bit of advice and and i'm sure there are many many situations that i can actually go into and i i was offered something to do in china too and i believe that maybe one day if i stop from playing maybe i'll become a kind of a start to you know some, some sort of group teaching and all that and start to spark up that, that junior that players from china anyway moving
7: on
2: second story of the day and we could have picked a number to go in as our number two for today but the first seed has fallen at the William Hill World Darts Championship Jamie Lewis succumbing to a 3-0 loss to Adam Hunt who beat Lisa Ashton earlier on in the week um Cam I'll I'll start with you on this one did you see this scoreline coming
3: possibly not the scoreline um but I think we all predicted that Adam might beat Jamie Hughes last night on on the pod last night. We all thought there was a good chance and that he might step it up from the Lee Ashton game. But realistically, I'm not sure he did step it up. I can't remember off the top of my head what the average sort of figure was that he threw, I think it might have been slightly lower. But Jamie Hughes did not turn up at all. Um, And Adam made it look really comfortable.
2: Slightly lower average, actually. Average 94 <laughs> against Lisa and just the 91 against Jamie Hughes. Uh, confirmed afterwards, though, that Jamie is suffering a bit of an injury on his elbow. Uh, we'll be looking at surgery for that later in the next coming months. Um, even still, did, it's a bit hard to judge him when they've got injuries. Did, did you still expect a little bit more from Jamie, given he's won a Euro tour and he's, he's up to the 22 in the world?
1: Let's not forget that in 2019, he made every single major TV event. Yes, he missed the Grand Slam this year, but he's still done a lot on the TV this year. He's made, he's made, the, he's made the tournaments. He's not necessarily made far in the tournaments. He's made the tournaments. I think the one I, the one thing I want to look to is, Jamie's had a de- dismal performance and he was injured, but you've got to look to Adam Hunt and think, to be honest, this year wasn't going that well, made the Grand Slam. Won, he only won one game, but that turned him 10 grand. He's then obviously come into the World Championships full of confidence. And it's shown in, in both of the games so far, he's, he's really developing as a player. And I think he's got, he's, he's going to develop over the next few years, especially when you look back to what he was like against Luke Humphries in 2019. He's come on a lot already. So I think there's a lot of growth potential for Adam Hunt. I think he can take a lot of confidence going to the next round.
2: Yeah, another one that has come through the PDC system, as you like, former Development Tour player. And here he is in his press conference
6: afterwards. Smiling from here to a very happy man right now.
7: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just to get last thirty-two after Christmas, it's it's, it's a great win. So I know Jamie didn't play well, but I'm I'm happy to be back after Christmas.
6: Do you think the game against Lisa served you in good stead, give you a feel of bit the environment and everything that goes with it out there?
7: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you don't know what the stage is going to look like and things like that. Um, and it was a, it was a great game, wasn't it? With Lisa, I know Jamie didn't play well today, but uh, I felt confident coming into the game today. So
6: yeah. I'm guessing as well from someone that's just got their tour card back this year. The, the run here, the ranking money that you're going to get, is just an unbelievable feeling for yourself.
7: Yeah, I mean, obviously the money in the world is completely different. I think than any competition. So if you can do well here, I know I know Ryan Joyce got the quarterfinals and it put him right at, uh, on the top 32. So yeah, hopefully I can keep going and get in there.
6: We saw Jamie say a few words to it at the end. What did he say to you?
7: Just wish us luck for the rest of the competition. You know, it's, hopefully I do a good job and yeah, just wish us well.
6: What is it about? The East at the moment—it seems to be the hotbed of darts in the UK at the moment. You guys all great friends, but great rivals at the same time. What is it? Yeah,
7: I don't know. I mean, if to be fair, if you go to a little competition, there's there's you know 20, 30 of us who are as good as each other. You know, I mean, it's not just five of us. There's there's a lot of us up there who are really good dart players. So I think that helps when you go to a little competition when you when you're playing you know top quality players week in week out
6: the fact the fact that you will still go and plan these lo- local comps do you think that helps you when it comes to PDC darts because we see some players that that don't they just practice and turn up to PDC tournaments
7: no definitely yeah it, it gives it, you know you, you can't beat winning can you so winning, winning breeds confidence and when you when you win in a lot of competitions you come into the pro tours and you feel good so yeah it's definitely it's definitely works
6: is confidence growing that you could go on and do big things here at Alexandra Palace
7: yeah i think the last 6 months i felt i'm growing slowly you know i mean not, i'm not doing anything you know massive but I'm doing baby steps and I'm getting there and I think yeah possibly could do well this week in the next two weeks
6: Is that the key to break it down into baby steps because I remember speaking to you about 18 months ago you were thinking ahead oh this this and this but you seem to have simplified everything
7: Yeah I think, I think I've think i matured a lot since then I think you've got to realise that you can't do everything at once and um, if you can just yeah like you say win one and game at a time beat the best players in the world you know what I mean if you, if it, the pro tours are massive and the winter series and the autumn series and stuff has helped me out massively this year so yeah hopefully I do well.
6: Going you know, to keep an eye on the games tonight and see who your opponent's going to be. Obviously, because they're way behind you at the moment.
7: No, I think no. I think we'll have a we'll have a couple of drinks and then we'll uh, we'll head back tonight. So, you know, enjoy the Christmas for the family. Pleasure, Cheers, Cheers, man. Thank you.
0: you. And just uh, touching on what you said about the local competitions there. When you go into those local comps, does it feel like there's a lot of pressure on I mean, you? Obviously, everybody aiming to beat the uh, beat the PDC pro? There? Yeah.
7: There's. Um, I mean, there's not just myself. There's Chris, Ryan, and Cullen. Um, but yeah, there's always pressure, and it, to, be, to be fair it's probably good that we're, we've got that little bit of pressure on our shoulders as well in the little competition, because there's so many people in the North East who can beat us, so it, it is good practice and it, it, it's good for pressure as well, yeah. One the first players
0: mm. through to the post-Christmas mm. period, how, how good's that feel that you've That's got? That's a great feeling, you've great feeling. Christmas to enjoy as well?
7: Yeah, I'm going to go home and enjoy it with the family, and then uh, come back down. Yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait. Can't wait.
0: I'm sure going to be players that if you go out early on and you've, you've lost, it sort of puts a little bit of a dampener on it. But uh, the fact that you'll be able to go and just, uh, just enjoy it and
7: know you'll be able to come back here on the 27th. And, uh... Yeah, it's mind- I mean, there's um, obviously Glenn's through, Chris is yeah. through. We just need Callan tonight and Ryan on Monday. And then, you know, we've got all five of us through on the North East. So, be yeah, yeah, hope so. Hopefully we all get through. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Game
2: number three. I, I was going to go with James Wade, but I think we'll come on to that as game number four because I want to talk about dirt. Van Dijk and Brooks. This was a fantastic game against two players that are similar to Hunt that have came through the PVC system, as you like. And, and Dirk's another one who, like Adam Hunt, his rise has been so quick over the last year or so that I just don't think any of us saw this coming, like the way that Hunt's played himself into form over the last few months.
3: No, I, I agree. Um, I don't think any of us saw Dirk having the year he's had. Um first off, um, what what a start by Bradley Brooks on his first ever appearance up on the stage. Um, he
2: nine an average in that first
3: set. And then the second set wasn't far behind either. I think he was still averaging just over a ton through two sets. And when he won the first leg of the third set, I thought he was going to go and close it out. He looked like he didn't have a care in the world. He winked at the camera at one point. Um, he looked like he'd been up there for years and was so comfortable but then there was just that switch where Dirk started to play better which obviously put him under a little bit of pressure and I think the winning line looming as well for your first time up there he probably found that a little bit difficult at 20 years old but I mean if he comes back next year and plays like that again I think he'll learn a lot from that I think it's a it's probably a good thing for him, if anything. If he'd just strolled through a 3-0 and Dirk hadn't picked it up, a bit like we were talking about with Daryl Gurney yesterday, he wouldn't have learnt a lot from it. He wouldn't have sort of had that, that, I've lost the word now, uh, but that, Adversity, it's not absolutely I'll give you that. <laughs> no, it's a, a, adversity, it with an yeah. uh, but he wouldn't have had that adversity, and I think it will stand in him in good stead for the future. Um, but Dirk was really good for I mean, nine legs on the bounce to win it. Um, it, it was very impressive, and up against Rob Cross next, that's gonna be a cracking game,
2: yeah. Luke, that's where I'm gonna head with you. How do, how do you see that next round going? Obviously, Dirk has had this meteoric rise in the last year. Um so the tasty, tasty encounter
1: across next up. You know what? I think this, this match absolutely typified Van Dijvenbo's career so far. He, he, was, he was down and out again. Suddenly, nine legs on the bounce from absolutely nowhere and cruises through. You could literally see in some of the legs gritting his teeth physically gritting them on the stage as he was going for doubles and i think to be honest now that he's got that bit between his teeth rob cross has got a real game on his hands especially if if Van diving board averages the same sort of speed as he was averaging the last three sets i think he was high 90s on average in the last three i think that's difficult for rob especially with the form he's been on but let's not count out he is an next world champion and uh, yeah he's not in the best form at the minute but you know as Adrian Lewis has once said in an interview before, you can never take that away from him. And he's still got the bottle there. He showed that a few years ago. So we'll have to see what Rob can do. But I do think
3: it goes the way of uh, Dirk. I think we have seen a little bit of an improvement from Rob recently, though. It, his form hasn't been great this year. But I think the last couple of times we've seen him out on the big stage, he has looked a little bit better. Um, and I think if if it, it all comes down to how Dirk plays. If he starts off like he did again and has to try and dig it out, Rob Cross has that experience to probably get over the line. Um, but yeah. but it I is it is, Rob Rob is a cracking looks, game.
2: Rob Cross's action looks as good as it has looked in the last 18 months, to I me, mean, the last couple of the outings we've seen him. But they've been signs. Don't get wrong, there are still the odd dart that he's pulling away or, or snatching away that he doesn't quite fully extend right or gets the timing a little bit wrong, but there are signs
3: that that Rob Cross action is on the mend and on the up
2: for me. So. Yeah, I agree.
3: It's really, um, really intriguing game. Are we going to completely ignore the fact that Dirt walked on with an aubergine? As well? <laughs> that was think, to me. I feel, I, feel, than... I feel like we need to bring that up. I don't think we can let that go before we get through tonight. <laughs> to other than, be fair, you raised me up in the afternoon session. Night and walk on. I was going to get on to
2: Cheng in a minute also, walking on to
3: you raised me up. Yeah. Um, they were
1: my two highlights of the session. I think, to be honest, I'm going to have to give it to Dirk because he really did go for that with that aubergine, but you raised me up was absolute quality. Not what you like expected.
2: Bradley Brooks's face. He was just like, what are you doing, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen I mean, a man so confused. Like, everyone's fully aware was... Dirk is the over genius right now. And, oh, it's just brilliant.
3: Have you ever seen two more upbeat and... like, just the two walk-ons for both Brooks and... For but, Dirk, um, yeah, it was, it, was like, a... it was like we were at a full like a rave, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was. Yeah, it was, it was,
2: it was because I believe Brooks walked on to Trumpster as well. I was looking for that before, and that was that was pretty obvious. So I was like, Oh, here we go, and I was like, Oh my god, we know full of well what's coming from Dirk, yeah, whacking the chainsaw out to absolutely nobody, <laughs> yeah. super. Um, superb. I mean, right, Brooks, Brooks is I'm...
3: straight out of Blackburn, though, so he was always going to come out to something along those sort of lines.
2: Poor bloke. Anyway, moving on, that's enough of crazy <laughs> dance moves on the walk-on. Um sorry boys, but I think there's a reason that Jar and Phil have both done a runner tonight.
3: They and, didn't uh, answer you tonight, did they? After. It's because we're gonna
2: talk about yeah. this next day. Um my boy, comfortable, clinical, calm, composed. Just just I was gonna say all the C words then, but somebody will take that one way too far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
3: Probably you, to be honest. <laughs>
2: James Wade beats Callum 3-0 uh, last game on at the evening. Not the performance that we saw from Callan yesterday, but, I mean, James can just do that to you anyway, can't he?
3: The way I closed it out on, on the blog after it finished was it was the most James Wade performance you'll ever see. He averaged, like, low Mid-90s, to the 90s. Yeah. Low 90s,
2: just below 50% on the doubles. One yep. ton plus that he shouldn't have had a chance at.
3: And um, absolutely just clinically closed it out. And that is... Yeah. Absolutely, James Wade. Every single time you see him on the stage, pretty much. Um, Callan didn't choke tonight. I think I don't know whether the occasion got to him, I don't, I'm not sure what it was, but we've seen him play pretty well on the stage recently. But tonight, he was not there, and Wade completely took advantage of that and clinically closed him out and did not give him even a sniff of getting back into it.
2: Yeah, Luke, it's only day four, and I've lost count of how many times we've said that's the beauty of set play already. If Riggs had pinched that deciding leg in set two, could we have been talking about a different <laughs> result, maybe, or, or a different scoreline, definitely?
1: 100%. 100%. I think what you've got to, what you've got to really look, look for in these averages is basically, if he'd won that set, even if he'd averaged 80 in the first two sets, the whole game's changed. He's got the confidence he can go on there and, and battle on. I think the issue was for Callan, he never really got going, never got settled, loses that that tonne. Um, was it, it was a tonne wasn't it, from from Wade in the yeah. second set? Yes. I mean, Last
3: loses,
1: line, I
2: had double 10.
1: Yeah, that, for every game was, show in the it was, world. It was, it well, was, that was absolutely it. clinical.
3: That, it was the one, it was the fact that he didn't hit the treble first start and then he just kind of knew with 80 left that he was going to pin the treble and then he was just going to put it straight in the middle of the double 10 and walk off and carry on from there. One
1: thing I did want to point out is, so this World Championships, before this World Championships, we hadn't seen a sub-80 average since round two of 2019. We obviously saw one with Portella against Durant. Today, we had five sub-80 averages, which is a bit poor. I understand the occasions getting to some of the players, but for players like Callan and for Cantele and for well, Hughes is injured, so we'll give him that. But these players are on the two week in, week out. You don't really expect them to necessarily bottle it on the biggest stage of them all, especially when they've trained for this all year. So I thought that was disappointing from Callan, but taking absolutely nothing away from Wade because he played really, really well. Solid enough
3: to get through. I think he's averaged higher than right there, actually. So it's looking good for him. Do we think that the crowd has played a big part in that? Because the lack of a crowd. I mean, I know they play the a of a crowd on the tour, and it's it's nothing new for them. But to be in that big, empty venue of the Ali Valley with no one in there, do we think that is leading towards having those lower averages? I think potentially.
2: I just think it's the year. I just think there's a serious lack of darts being played from the players in the area to draw that are classed as international qualifiers.
3: Yeah, there is that as well. Um... I just
2: think that's massive. If you're not playing darts regularly, there's only so many people that can get behind playing online darts um, or, or webcam darts or that and sort of thing. It's still
3: not the same, is it? No, it's still not the thing. same.
2: Like Luke would have sit in nine darts in his kitchen.
3: The comfort <laughs> of your own home is very different to... Even if you're still playing against someone, it's yeah. still very different to... I would excuse that, that for the internationals. players
2: don't have the space or the facilities to do it at home. We saw quite a few players opt out of the PBC home tour early on and every round possible because it just didn't have the
1: facilities or or the space that they felt comfortable doing it in? I could definitely allow Liu that excuse, and I could allow Puhar that excuse. But for me, Rids, especially when he's already played, I, I don't know what's going wrong with him today. I, I would be interested to find out if didn't he did uh, any post-match interviews. But it just didn't happen for him. And yeah, I think he should have given away a lot more of the game than that. He's got the experience, especially since playing let's not forget he played the players' championships not long ago. That was again with no crowd. Played Peter Wright, one of the best players in the world. Got a bit of a, got a bit more ex- match experience. And yeah, he got beat, but he did win two games at the players' championships. So I think Rids can't be excused that easily. Um he really needs to go home and find out what's gone wrong and um, come back next year. Hopefully a bit stronger. See what he can do.
3: Yeah, I think I think it was just one of those days for him. I think he's just probably just had a really bad day at the office and been up against someone who does not give you a sniff when he when he has that opportunity. Like some people will go off for a few legs, but James Wade's relentless. He he doesn't average like hundred and ten and beat you like that. But he's just consistent and doesn't I mean, I drop his did. level.
2: I wish he had that gear to him. <laughs> but if James, if James he Wade has that consistency, average game, then he'll win every time he wants. Well, he
3: would. But he can
2: win playing so. CD game level, it's ridiculous but
3: but he would probably not have the same consistency as and it's it's one of those, like AD Lewis can easily throw in 110 for half of a game but then like we talked about the other day he then has too many low points to
2: join the other five yeah (laughs) he still
3: has too many low points and it's completely different whereas James Wade, if he plays someone who's not on the game because of how relentless he is he doesn't have that 80 leg that someone else might have where it gives them a sniff and they think, I've got a chance here again He just wins, he just keeps beating them. Yeah, the
1: biggest example of that for me was James Wade against Hetter in the Grand Slam of Darts. Hetter had so many chances to potentially get himself in the match, but but Wade just doesn't relent. You keep him under pressure, and every time Hetter did get a chance, Wade was right there to punish at that point. You're already in trouble. I think Hetter's the same sort of type. I don't know whether Hetter actually has that 105 average gear in him. but I don't know whether he's quite got the bottle that James ward has got right now.
3: I think, we, I think we talked about that the other day as well, didn't we, that Heter's not probably got that next step to sort of step it up. But again, that consistency and when he stood over one of those like low hundreds, late 90s finishes, you fancy it to go every time. Definitely.
2: Every single time. Right, as much as I'd love to sit there and talk, with James Wade, all night, we do still have <laughs> half a billing to go through. Um, like I said, plenty of not so great averages in the last four games. So we'll try and get through them at a little bit of pace, but I think there is one that deserves a little bit more attention than the other three, and that's John Henderson versus Marco Cantelli. Um, Hendo brutally honest in his interview afterwards that it wasn't great from either player, but this one had a few twists and turns, a little bit of drama here and there, and ultimately, big,
3: not-so-big Hendo, weak Hendo comes out Medium-sized Hendo. <laughs> Medium-sized Hendo. As we've been referring to him all day. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Actually, he was quite harsh on himself afterwards. In the end, he finished up with a 91 average, and I didn't think he was that high. I thought it was a worse performance than that, and I thought he was yep. going to be in mid-80s, but... Realistically, in his first game, ninety-one. It's not that bad, and I I think he was probably a bit harsh on himself. His doubles weren't great, like what is thirteen or forty. It's not. It's probably not good enough.
2: Still
3: one in three. But to to go thirteen or forty and still average over ninety and be very upset with himself afterwards, as he seemed like he was, and didn't rate his performance at all i thought that was a little bit unfair on himself i think he i I think the fact it became a closer game than it probably should have been seemed like it was a lower average that he'd thrown and a a worse performance but i think medium-sized handle did okay and i think he will step up from that you know what
2: the more i look at the numbers the more i agree with you there he's throwing six one eight. all right has another time for us to check out one in three on the doubles, that's not a bad return from Hendo at
3: all. No, I don't think it is. I think he was probably a little bit harsh on himself. And that probably speaks to how well he might be practising. And he probably thinks he could perform a lot better than that. So... Well,
1: I don't think we can forget that this year, he's, he's struggled on the tour. His tour average is only like, it's just 89. So, realistically, he's played better on the stage than he has on tour all year. I understand that, to be fair for him, Cantelo didn't play his game. And I think when he looks at Cantelo's average and sees that he managed to win a set with an 83. That's where John's probably thinking. I could have had that game done sooner than I did. And he did miss chances and he did miss doubles. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's bad shown for his first game. And I think he'll go in the second game with a little bit of confidence. Knowing that he's obviously got that in the bag, he has been tested and we've said that about other players. Um, but yeah, I do think he's competitive and he's looking better than he has all year.
3: So I wouldn't rule John Henderson out of Nick in the last 32. Well, I think the thing was, in that game... Where it stayed close early on, Cantelli was yeah well below him on the averages, but he was hitting one and two every time on the doubles. So he kept himself in it. So that's probably what made it seem like... Obviously, it finished a fairly close game, but I think without how good Cantelli was on the doubles early on, every time he got a shot, he pretty much took him out. The... He probably would have looked a lot better of a performance from John Henderson. he might have walked away from the three with a three 0 win. Yeah, true. Also, how much better does he look? Like
2: uh, this, no this fair. Is my next question. So we, we're referring to the man as, as medium-sized Hendo now, not not big John Hendo, but with an action that has as much movement as John's does, and there's a lot of debate about how much of an action is, is muscle memory, how much of it is learned, how much of it can, can you deviate. Do you think
1: that's having an effect on his game this year? For me, now, now in any other sport, you'd say losing weight's going to be an advantage. But with darts and with so much emphasis on keeping your form as steady as you can, I actually don't know. Now, the issue is with with John, where it's different to any other player, is he's obviously got that rock and motion. He's not stood perfectly still. So, to be honest, I think it would have less of an effect on him than it would on any other potential player. But I I don't think he can play his top game losing the weight until he adapts. So I think it's going to take time. The same as Michael Smith's lost quite a bit of weight. I think he's starting to adapt to it now. I think it might take him six, 12 more months to actually get himself back to to top flight uh, Hendo. But yeah, I think at the minute, it's just that adapting phase. It is definitely going to change his throw. There's no doubt about that. He's probably lost a good five. Five stone, maybe, looking at him on telly today, so...
3: I think it will have an effect. I think when you rock as much as that, I think the weight that you carry in is part of the rocking motion and how your body moves naturally. And I think you'll probably move slightly less based on the fact that there's less weight sort of moving in back and forwards. So to have gone through that change and still put up that today, I, I think it's good sign for him.
2: Completely agree. And it, to be honest, it was, when I tweeted the result of this, it's more one that I put. you will be happy with the result, not necessarily the performance. But at the World Championships, just, it's just about getting into the next round. Doesn't have exactly. Yes.
3: exactly. It's
2: like any knockout competition in the world. Like you can play as bad as you want. England at the Euros were nothing special. or World Cup were nothing special in 2018. But made the semi-finals, playing penalty football. Right, that, that's how it happened. So
6: yeah.
2: Um back to the dance <laughs> so and nicely to uh, that top quarter of the first quarter of the draw if that makes sense uh yeah. plays johnny clayton next uh, if he gets through that he will have the winner of wayne jones or joe Cullen, which brings us nicely on to the other three two game of the day uh wayne <laughs> jones beating kieran tehan three two um couple of 86 averages from these two, a bit of tension, perhaps a bit of nerves from, from both players, um, but Jones ultimately getting over the line with a, a good last leg, last set.
3: Yeah, he did. And I, from hearing his interview afterwards, um, he, feel, he obviously feels in quite a good place and feels like he's playing really well. And he came out of that saying that he was it was quite irritating to him that knowing how well he's playing in practice and that he feels like he can beat anyone on his day and would give it up if he didn't feel like that, that he went out there and played like that. But at the end of the day, he still got the win and he can still go on from there. And I think he's probably, again, done himself a little disservice in the fact that, yes, he's not had a very good game. He's averaged 86. It's not the level that he probably thinks he should be at and the level he's practising at. But it is still the World Championship and there is a lot of pressure on there. So if you can get through that first round game, then it becomes easier as you go into the tournament to play like you know you can because you've got over that hurdle of getting through the first win. So there's probably too much emphasis that he's put on himself in that first result of how he's actually played, where realistically that first round, it's just about getting through it.
2: For for me, the standard goes up round two and round three anyway. Round two when the seeds jump in, and round three when there's that extra set to get over the winning line. The players yeah. get a little bit longer to ease themselves into into the matches. So, yeah, uh, look a word on Kieran T. and we saw him at the Ali Pali last year. And again this year, uh, one of the young Irish crops that they've got, literally hundreds of as well, real hot yeah, starts yeah. at the minute. Um, but he'll be disappointed to have fought to stay in the match and then give up that final set
1: so comfortably. I think Hightower as a nickname is perfect for him as well because he is <laughs> he's a sizable lad. I think, to be honest, though, you know what? He will be a little bit disappointed with himself because at the PvP qualifier, he played really well. He was averaging high 90s for most of his games. Um, and obviously, not coming through that is no easy task. We've seen a few people who've come through that and done really well, like Jamie Lewis, semi-finalist. So I think he's done well to get through. And I think he'll be disappointed in himself. There was too many missed chances. He, I, I was writing down and to be fair, either of them could have won. He, both of them will be thinking I should have come out with that as the winner. And obviously Wayne Jones has been hard on himself, but I think Kieran Tien's really going to think that was a missed opportunity to get through. But he's got a long career ahead of him. He is only 21. And I know they mentioned it on commentary that Wayne Jones was playing tournaments nine years before Kieran was born. So it's disappointing performance from him and he has missed chances there, but I think his action's solid. Um, his attitude seems half decent, although sometimes I get a little bit worried that he drops his head. Definitely towards the end of the match, he was starting to get a little bit, a little bit tense, a little bit like Luke Woodhouse was the other night. But um, yeah. I think he's got a long career in darts and I think, you know, he'll go away from this
3: and he'll rebuild. I could definitely see him being back next year, uh, but we'll have to see what happens to him. I think I think when you're young, that, that happens a lot more, doesn't it? You, you've you not learnt at that point how to deal with having a bad spell and ha- and having that sort of that mentality to just get through it and keep your head down and keep playing. Like you you're always a little bit more volatile in your early years and I think he'll, he'll definitely improve as he goes as he goes He's on just his naive, career develops. He? That's yeah. it and it, that's the thing. It's when, when people are young it happens. I mean you look at it in any sport could, to throw one out there that's completely different. But Roger Federer when he first burst on the scene in tennis, he was the most sort of volatile smashing his rackets got so upset every time he didn't win a point, but then became the coolest and most sort of he's very measured down-to-earth approach. measured yeah. performer that you've that you've ever seen. And yeah. I think it just comes with time and experience. He's, he's 21 years old. I mean, I wouldn't even want to go into things that I used to do when I was 21 years <laughs> old. So I'm not even going to get into that conversation.
2: Long time ago as well, mate.
3: It is as well, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Not, absolutely oh. no need for it, but thanks for that.
2: <laughs> Mate, I, I'm going to milk it as long as I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, penultimate game of the night. Could have picked either one of these, but as he's also in the same part of the draw, we're going to talk about Mickey Mansell. Um, night and day from his performance last year at the William Hill World Touch Championship that earned him a trip in front of the DPA. Um, DRA, not DPA, sorry. DRA. Uh, 93 yeah. average, a after that. yeah. Where well, he could be in front of whatever he wants after 93, <laughs> after we three over 93 average, um nine of sixteen on the doubles, uh clinical from Mickey Mansell. Um, but Harpiper will be quite disappointed that he just didn't get going, did he? He would never settled on that stage. And to be honest, there were large parts of the match where he didn't really look like he wanted to be up there, Luke.
1: I think Mickey gets wrought out as quite a boring player, but let's be fair to him on the floor he's got pedigree and he has won a title in 2018 yeah we're going back a couple of years but that's more than Ricky Evans has won he was his future opponent so Mickey's got he's got talent and he didn't qualify as a bottom end pro to qualify he was in I think 15th which would have made it uh, he would have qualified if we were back on the old format with only 72 players so I think not taking absolutely nothing away from Mickey Mansell because that was a brilliant performance on how uh pie, are we saying it like whole pie we'll go with that um I think it was it was disappointing from him, especially when you come halfway across the world, and that's that's what you come out with. I would like to see him at Q School because I think he played really well at the World Cup both this year and the year before, and I think he has got talent. But yeah, he looked disinterested, and I think that's it. It was disappointing to see him because he just even even if you're not playing well, when you've travelled that far, you'd hope you just have a bit of fun with it. But he just looked like he didn't want to be there at all.
3: Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I think. He, I don't know. Obviously, it's one of those things. It's a little bit tough. There might be extenuating circumstances behind why he didn't really want to be there or look. I mean, it maybe his body language wasn't so much that he didn't want to be there and it just came across that way. But there clearly wasn't something right. I mean, two 140s in nine legs of darts, it's... It's, it's not, not well class. It's not, it's it's not good not, enough it's at all. Not world great world. at all. Yeah, but like I said, there, there may be some sort of issues behind the scenes. Who knows? I mean, I've not seen anything, any sort of interview with him afterwards, so I don't know whether there, there is anything. But he, I mean, who knows? But I think it was a very impressive performance from Mickey Mantle. To be fair, um, I thought just watching it without following the stats because. Again, I wasn't watching it because I was working. Um, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I said the right. other day, uh, I didn't think Mickey Mansell had averaged nearly 94. I thought he'd beaten Puhar because he didn't really turn up and didn't look interested. But that's still quite an impressive performance, especially with nearly 60% on his doubles as well. Definitely.
2: I suppose the worry with a game like this is you can get dragged in what your opponent's doing if, the, if there's not a lot coming back at you it can be difficult to motivate yourself to get fired up and to produce that performance but it's professional for, for a man still, very so much average sure. averages not to be sniffed at at all with 50 56 percent chance 56 percent success rate on the doubles you're basically closing the door at every opportunity that Halpine might have worked his way into and, and that would have sparked him and given him that little bit of life up on that stage so yeah, clinical from Mickey sets up a round two tie with uh, Ricky Evans. Uh, that one will be quite interesting. We'll wonder what he'll be walking on to this year. <laughs> um, I'm sure he had many a thing planned. I think he spoke about it will be lonely this Christmas at one point as a bit of a joke at the absence of the fans now. Um, that would be a
3: fantastic one. I would to come nothing out nothing past Ricky Evans. He Me. will come up to anything. I'd, I'd be very impressed with that one, to be fair. Sure.
2: Moving on to the final game and I thought Chuck and Ricky Evans walk on in and look at that, little segment into possibly one of the greatest walk-ons to absolutely nobody Very I've good
1: segue, I like
2: that. <laughs> Chen Um, unfortunately the darts didn't quite match up to it as he went down 3-0 to Darius Labanowskis, 96 average from the experienced Lithuanian. Again, just another professional job from somebody who's been around and experienced this stage a lot more than his opponent.
1: That walk-on is definitely up there for me with Jerry Hendricks, who was fantastic when he came on a few years ago, and Wayne Mardle's famous Hawaii 501 walk-on. But yeah, I think Labanowskis, really professional performance. Now, one thing I wanted to point out, because I thought this was quite an interesting stat. So every year that Labanowskis has played at the PDC World Championships in both of his appearances, he's knocked out a world champion and been knocked out by a world champion. So the first world champion he could potentially face is right in the last 16. And then to get knocked out by another one, you'd have to get knocked out in the final because everyone else is in the top half of the draw. So I think that's pretty much a good omen that Labanowski is going to make the final. I just wanted to put that one out there. But I think yeah. you're
3: reaching a little bit, mate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for a, a, a long-willed stat, but I think, <laughs> that a bit, yeah. <laughs> is,
3: I think that one might be broken at some point over there this. Is, there is
1: omens there, right? He's knocked out some good players. He has, but yeah. I
3: think. To and to be fair, he's, he's played Brilliant. very well today as well. He so. Played really well.
1: I don't think he'll make it through the 96 average. To be honest, I think it's going to take a bit more than that. Um, there's a few players down there that I mean, and Price. Obviously, he's not in. Labanask as part of the draw, but Price, Wright, Whitlock—they're all well capable of going above 100. Uh, well, so.
3: to be fair, I've picked Whitlock to win the tournament, so yeah, he's not getting through the next round. So I think he's going to struggle. I think he's going
1: to struggle against Whitlock. But to be honest, it was a really professional display. You could definitely see. Liou's throw, he was obviously really, really nervous. You could visibly see the shake. So I think to get up there, he still played all right at times, but it's one of them odd scenarios where his first nine average was lower than his actual average. So it was taking him a good few darts to actually get into the legs. But yeah, I think from Labanowski's point of view, he'd be well happy with that. And then going on to Whitlock, I can't remember.
3: I think he's beaten Whitlock before the world. So To be fair, if if he throws a 96 with 50% on his doubles again... Whitlock is still going to have to play very well to beat him. I still think he will, um, just based on his form's been very good recently. Definitely. But y- you can't have an off game and and get through that game. Like If if he's not 100% on it, then, then Darius will give him a lot of trouble if not beat him.
2: Completely agree. We're basically judging Simon's form off the fact that he- he's Found Michael van Gerwen's number in the back of his phone book and put it in his pocket. He's just had him all year, and we've gone. Do you know what? The Wizards are his back. Um, Doug Rogge is is playing some fantastic darts, so but I think without those victories over Michael, we're probably not talking him up as much as we are at the minute. So,
3: can he hit that really, many one really eighties against well. anyone else? Is the question. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the one eight in that match was superb. Completely spot Play well. Um, I'm going to correct you a little bit though, Luke. You've missed the world champion.
1: Who have I missed?
2: Stephen Bunting. Could Ooh, have, meet right. him in the
1: quarterfinals.
2: But it would mean right. he has to okay. get through my man James Wade. So you are we're gonna go going to go back to somebody else in the yeah. draw being a world champion for him to be able to meet him and get knocked out by him. I think that's the safest way
1: to do it. I have a, I have sort of rolled up, but yeah, you're very right. I mean, Ask us to be lucky that he hasn't got Van Gogh because he's played him twice this year in major competitions. So I think, yeah, no, it's a fair point, actually, Stephen Bunting. Okay, that does change things.
3: Or we'll have to see whether that stack gets broken. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if Stephen Bunting gets through past James Ward anyway. But
1: I really doubt that.
2: No, me, me too, hopefully. Right, let's have one little bit of fun before we end tonight. As we've spoken a little bit about walk-ons, I'm going to ask you two, if you're a professional dart player, what would you be walking on to?
3: Oh, Cam, you'll have to go first have No, I was okay. going to throw you first. I'm oh, right. on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> <a> great question. <laughs> Bob, on, Absolutely what, what, what out of the to? blue. You what would I come them. on
2: to? Oh, mine's been set for years, boys. Absolutely set. There, there was a period at university where I used DJ Oxy, hey, baby, and the crowd sang, hey, Gobby. And I'm not going to lie, it was fantastic, <laughs> especially for an egomaniac like myself. Um, but my walk-on for a long, long time has and will always remain as five. Everybody get
1: up. It's a strong call. The, the, the drum
2: drop at the start is fantastic. And if you loop it properly, so you skip the first bit of the verse and like loop it straight into the chorus, it sounds even better. Not that I've had it edited to that way. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why not? That's
2: the <laughs> main question right now. Uh, maybe. Come on in. Let's see what you boys have got and then we can wrap up this evening.
3: Uh,
1: the Ballroom. only reason I'm going to go for it is because I was born in 2000, but I'll have to go Millennium by Robbie Williams. That's the
3: best oh, I've got for you.
2: Belter.
3: Right, oh, that it, out, Robbie. That's 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 not a bad shout at all. Um, I think for me, the one thing that I used to have when I used to be, well, I'm still hugely into boxing, but when I used to think I could do a bit back in the day. Um, was, you know, the Valhalla song that's like, dun, 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 and then, like, goes on from that. That used to be what I would, and he does my boxing walk-on tune, so I reckon I'd go for that in the darts as well. Like that.
2: Right, let's wrap up the day's play. I'll go through the results. So, Mickey Mansell beat Hal Pai at 3-0. Darius Labanouskas beat Chengan Lu 3-0. Wayne Jones beat youngster Kieran Tian 3-2, and Jamie Hughes became the first man to... Uh, Became the first seed to fall at the Willing Hill World Dutch Championship as Adam Hunt defeated him 3-0. Into the evening session, Dirk van Dijvenvoerder recovered from two sets down to Bradley Brooks to win 3-2. John Henderson gave himself a little bit of stick, but a professional performance to defeat Marco Cantelli 3-2. Uh, Paul Lim, what a man, defeated Luke Humphries 3-2. And James Wade, my boy, comes through 3-0 solid against Callan Rids. Before we close it up,
3: Gob, are we doing a little pick again from tomorrow to be a good one?
2: Yes. He's jumping in my grave already, look. I'm hosting (laughs) for the first time. He's been on back-to-back shows. And Mr. Absolutely is trying to steal the show.
3: (laughs) I thought you were closing off, though. That's why I was a little bit... I just wanted to... Today's tomorrow's
2: fixtures... Okay, so tomorrow's fixtures <laughs> in the afternoon with Steve Lennon against Sweden's Daniel Larson. Uh, next game up, we'll get onto this in a minute. I'm sure one of us is going to pick it. Scott Waits against Matt Campbell. Uh, game number three, Kim Hybrex against Dijuang. And the seed round two game is Mervyn King against Germany's Max Hopp. Into the evening session, and we're staying with the England versus Germany theme as Andy Hamilton takes on youngster Nico Kurt. Andy Bolton will take on Dieter Hedman as the second lady makes their appearance at the Alexander Palace this year. Australian Damon Hetter takes on American Danny Baggish. We've finished the night with the entrance of the world number one. Michael Van Gerwen takes on Ryan Murray. Quickly then, boys, which is your game of the day tomorrow?
3: Me, Luke. I'll probably go for you first, can because so.
2: you doorstep me, so I presume you knew where you were. Uh,
3: go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one that you probably weren't expecting. I think Andy Hamilton against Nico Kurtz could be a little sneaky cracker tomorrow.
2: Phil Biles is very happy with you saying
3: that. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be I think that could be a tasty little first round game. Yeah, and, and he's on the mend on the way back, and, and Nico is up
2: and coming.
1: I like that pick. Luke, yourself? I'm going Damon at Danny Baggish. I think Damon has really improved. He's coming on leaps and bounds. Danny Baggish won three of the four qualifiers for the US place. So he's really looking strong. And I think if he gets his game together on stage, that could be a cracker. That could go five sets.
3: So, basically, nobody's picked so, the so nobody's Scott Waite's Matt Campbell. So, that I was but... absolutely banking yeah. on you to go for. Yeah. Scott Waite's Matt, Matt Campbell, Campbell and we then spoke Mervyn King against Max Harp. So much in the live <laughs>
2: lounges. And then Mervyn King against Max Harp. Who's looking forward to just some Mervyn King facial expressions if Max yeah. Harp even That's dares what to react to. That's what we want. positively um, to anything in I
3: still, still can't get over the Mervyn King face in the background <laughs> from... <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's just that's just, just 2020 or just a
3: look over the shoulder of just like how dare you celebrate winning again <laughs>
2: <laughs> right and on that note boys it is time to end the show thank you very much for everybody that has listened in to us um tomorrow uh i can't remember exactly who it is but it's not me i have a break so you don't have to listen to me for the first time on it is me five.
3: And Jar and you, Phil.
2: Jar and Phil. Oh my God, I really have been replaced. <laughs> I literally, I can't, I can't
3: get off this pod at the moment.
2: Yeah, to be fair, it was meant to be Phil instead of you tonight, but uh, late session put into that one. So thank you very much, boys, for joining us, uh, for joining me. Uh, thank you to everybody that has listened. Uh, don't forget to head over to YouTube. Uh, follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all the action. And if you are out and about during the day, can't get your eyes on the action, head over to Online Darts and check out our live blog throughout the day. Uh, Thank you very much. I've been Jack Gobby-Garwood, joined by Luke Pickering and Cam. Absolutely McFarlane. Take care. Have a good evening. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye.